More than 40% of Moscow's average monthly snowfall has hit the capital in the last 24 hours. The norm for February is 36 millimeters. Heavy snow complicated traffic across the city and also affected the capital's airports, which saw dozens of flights delayed or cancelled. In the meantime, some 60,000 workers are getting rid of snow at mounting points 24-7. Deputy Mayor Perubirikov claimed that about 10,000 snowplows are struggling to clear the city streets. It began snowing heavily last night in the capital, and the snowfall is still ongoing in some parts of the city. Moscow City Court has upheld the decision by a lower court to extend the arrest of Russia's former Deputy Culture Minister Grigory Perumov for three months. In January, a Moscow court remanded him until mid-April. He was detained on suspicion of a large-scale embezzlement. The former official, who earlier served a prison term for a similar crime, is now suspected of embezzling 450 million rubles. That's about $6.8 million allocated for construction of several buildings for the hermitage in St. Petersburg. Investigators believe that Perumov, with his associates, concluded several deals with fake construction companies, intending not to complete them. And finally, the euro has added 24 Kopecks against the Russian currency with the dollar losing three. The official exchange rate for Thursday for a dollar is 65.68 rubles. One euro will cost 74.39. Rated 2 out of 10 on Moscow's roads. Driving time to Shurimetevo Airport from the city center is around 75 minutes and about an hour to get back into central Moscow. You'll spend about 70 minutes on your way to and from the Medvedev Airport while driving time to Vnukovo is around 50 minutes each way. Weather. 
10 degrees Celsius in Dublin, minus 8 in Chicago, 21 in Dubai. Partly cloudy and up to negative 4 degrees Celsius are expected in Moscow tomorrow. That's about 24 Fahrenheit. That's all from me this hour. Dmitry Shulgen, studio, stay tuned. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is almost Valentine's Day, so uh, I hope Nikki will be staying here to give us some Valentine's gifts a little bit later on. Nikki, will you? Giving gifts yeah. today? Yeah. It's not Valentine's yet, so... <laughs> well, you, you work until midnight or until 11 today? 11. Ah, okay, all right, fine. I was going to say, we'll, we'll stay till midnight just to wait till we get a box of chocolates for you, but fine. It's, it's, it's unfair, it's very, very unfair that men always have to give the gifts. Women should do it for at least... Every second year it should be. That's not turn. true. Women also give gifts for Valentine's. Or maybe I've just. No, I know the wrong <laughs> women. Okay, right, fine. Um, well, that's true in every sense. Okay, right now in the KHL, uh, it is 1 0 to Ska St. Petersburg. They are playing Spartak Moscow. And Siskat, they are leading against Akbar's 3 1 out in Kazan. We're going to kick off the show here right now. Of course, we've already heard the lovely dulcet tones of Miss Nikki Stay. On my right, I have Andrew McLean. Andrew, how are you doing? Very good. Okay, then I have the Giggle Brothers. We have Peter P and Alex B. How are you doing, boys? Oh, we're simply fantastic. Hello. Hey. Okay, very good. Okay. So, of course, the winter has returned to Moscow. Already it's disappearing and it is turning into slow shit side. And just one more. Dino Moscow also playing at home right now. They are leading 3-1 against Jokerit of Finland. Okay. What's on the menu for tonight? Well, the big question, the burning question in all our minds, is Paul Pogba, 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 is Paul Pogba a total idiot or not? Is he the most stupid person in football? Also, is rugby dead? Mr. Andy McLean, he has some very strong um, views on that. We will also talk about uh, Declan Rice, who seems to figure that, you know, the uh, medical support in the English national team is better than in the Irish national team. And of course, we will have a giveaway, because we have all Champions League and so on as well. But we have a lovely giveaway two 1,500 ruble vouchers for food and drink to Kedio Shays on Machavaya. Okay, no, boys, Peter P, Alex B, no, no. They're like, and Andy, you know, do not do not text him because they're always trying to... I've already texted to, the answer. And, I, okay, well, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I decided you're Change wrong. Question. Okay, so, plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. The question is simply this. Who is more stupid? Paul Pogba or Mario Balotelli? So A or B, Paul Pogba or Mario Balotelli? Okay, we are going to kick off now in just a moment. We're going to have Andrew Flint on the line. In the second part of the show, we're going to have Paul Little all the way from the Garden of Ireland, which, of course, is in County Wicklow. But first, before we go to Andrew uh, Flint on the phone, Andy, that game last night, United last night, they deserved to lose, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the first 15 minutes, PSG moved the ball well, looked good. And then there was a 15-minute spell. I thought, man, you might do it. Um, and then they just got picked apart slowly and surely um, yeah really disappointing result but PSG deserved the win they were clinical OK is it a, is it a case of where we're looking at we'll, we'll hope to hear a little bit of kip a little while later um, about uh, Solskjaer was saying that, that this is a completely different level for United but they've been playing against crap teams in the English Premier League winning games he's getting his great reputation as a super coach but then they step up in Europe and they get found out very badly I think they were fundamentally flawed uh, with the tactics and I think whether that's because Solskjaer's maybe not up to scratch at that level of management or whether perhaps the Premier League is slightly overrated and the, the upper elections of the European League is better 
I think time will tell, especially in the second leg, but I think they approached it badly. Um, I think Manu might may actually suit being away from home better and playing on the counter-attack rather than going for what was quite a, a gung-ho approach of moving the ball too quickly, too direct. It was just too direct. And any time they lost the ball, PSG utilised it, kept it, moved it, spread them. Um, and Manu just couldn't do that. OK, of course, Paul Pogba, Paul Pogba, he received a red card last night in the 89th minute when the game was already well and truly older, uh, over. Goals by Kipembe and Mbappe uh, meant it was tuning of the Paris Saint-Germain. Also in Europe last night, uh, AS Roma, they won 2-1 at home against Porto. That vital away goal there for Porto. And of course, uh, Zenit St. Petersburg, they had a decent 1-0 loss away in uh, the, uh, well, the, on the Bosporus there against Fenerbahce. So that's not so bad for Zenit. OK, we're going out to Tumen right now, where probably the snow is a little bit worse than here in Moscow. From Running Dog Football, Mr. Andrew Flint. Andrew, how are you doing? Uh, well, I've had, uh, I've had better days, shall we say. Um, but yeah, it's good to join you guys again. OK, listen, uh, first quick question. Are United crap again? <laughs> I knew it wouldn't take long. Um, to be honest, um, I could make a load of excuses, but we weren't we weren't the better side. Um, PSG deserved it, um, but there are a number of little things that people will probably gloss over. Um, the injuries to Marshall and Lingard really, really cost us. Um, the referee lost control of the game. He just handed out yellow cards like confetti. Um, and you mentioned Paul Pogba's um, <laughs> sending off. Um, how how Mr. Kimpembe himself was still on the pitch is, is a mystery. And to be honest with you, that challenge, it was one of those, um, you know, a split second earlier, he'd have won the challenge. And it was a yellow card. He just needed to be sent off, sure. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't malicious. Um, but bottom line is, we weren't good enough. PSG are just phenomenal. Do you not think with the uh, with the referee's uh, track record, he's sort of nicknamed the the bear in Italy. He, he's known for flashing yellow cards and the tackles. I, mean, I think that have been quite difficult not to give at least eighty percent of them yellow cards. Do you think that should have been explained to the players that tugging shirts, cynical little flicks and tackles like that are just an absolute no no in that sense? I think that's probably a good point. Um, in general, Champions League referees do tend to give booking far, far more readily than we're used to seeing in the Premier League. And I think that's probably a good point. Um, but to be honest, it's it's quite difficult, I think, to adjust yourself to the slightly different standards of what a yellow card actually is. Um, I, I think possibly the bigger issue for me is is how readily yellow cards are given across European competition. But on the other hand, I'm, I, I shouldn't make excuses. Um, a lot of the the bookings were, you know you're going to get given a booking in the Champions League, so a bit of game intelligence, perhaps. Should should Ashley uh, Ashley Young have just walked? <laughs> I wish he had. Taken one for the oh, team. God, I wish he had. <laughs> um, in, in... Yeah, the, the thing is, I mean, a lot of United fans uh, are kind of disappointed he was given a, a year's contract extension, but I actually disagree with that. I think he's a good squad player, because he can play in a number of positions. But just in the short term, my word, if he had gone off and, and Pogba had stayed, then you never you never quite know. I mean two nil down away in Paris, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare. We need every help we can get, but um actually I'm just not the one to help us really. 
Yeah, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer called it a, a, a mountain, but an achievable mountain. What would you do differently in the second leg to, to try and get a result? I mean, obviously, you mentioned the injuries that impacted uh, that mm-hmm. very strange one, the substitution that should have happened during the halftime break, but we saw Sanchez come on and then walk straight back off again. Um, how, how would you line up differently? Obviously, that impacted on the substitutions Solskjaer could make once they'd gone one down. Would you play two up front? Would you change the system at all? Um, I, you know what? I would never have said this about two months ago, but I, and now we probably will have to, um, I would have Lukaku, uh, and I would play him how he played against Arsenal away. So I'd play with two split forwards and have Lukaku out wide. The, the bottom line is we're not going to have much of a ball. So having that outlet out wide, because they're fullbacks are where we need to target them. Uh, Marquinhos was just so good in the middle we need to find a way around him. Um, so you have Lukaku out wide on one side. Um, I probably grudgingly would, would play Juan Mata. Lovely guy, but slows the play down. But that's going to be probably more to our advantage. Like you mentioned, gung-ho is not going to do it for us. Uh, afterwards, so Andrew... I'd probably... Sorry, Andrew. Just afterwards, uh, uh, Solskjaer, he was a little bit downbeat. We have a, a, a clip at uh, the end of his interview in the uh, mix zone right after the game. So if you just up, and then you can sort of see where he's, you know, there, there are no, um, well, uh, 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 apart from the Mont Saint-Cour, the one in Paris, there are no mountains or very, very few hills. But he thinks that uh, you guys have a mountain to climb in a second leg. So here's uh, Oli Gullar Solskjaer. Where does this leave the tie? You've got a mountain to climb in Paris now. Yeah, but mountains are there to be climbed, aren't they? Because uh, you can't uh, lay down and say this is over. Uh, we're going to have to go down there, believe in ourselves, play a good game, uh, improve from today, obviously. Uh, but today, of course, was a kind of a reality check on, on the level uh, from the top teams. Thanks, Ali. So a reality check uh, on the level of the top teams because, of course, United, as we were discussing, they, they, you know, they had a great run when he came in. As we, we discussed here in the show, that you know, they had an absolutely excellent fixture list coming up uh, when he had uh, just joined. Are they being found out now? Is it, is it a case that, you know, Oli, you know, unless he wins in the second leg and wins convincingly and gets him into the next knockout round, uh, to do something that no other United manager has done since David Moyes to win a, a, a round in the Champions League knockout stage, could it be like, you know, game set and match for Ollie or he'll actually tumble back down the mountain? No, not at all. I mean, it's, uh, it is a reality check. He's right to say that because we are not at PSG's level at the moment. And, and bear in mind, they didn't have Neymar or Cavani either. Um, but the, the truth is, he's done as good a job as anybody could be expected to have done. Um, you're right with the fiction list. Um, but, you know, he's shown tactical nows as well. Um, the, I mentioned the, that Arsenal away game. That stands in my mind because that would have been the game where we know exactly what Jose Mourinho would have done. It would have been nil-nil. It would have been down. It would have been just terrible. But he has the ability to get the best out of those players. A few more signings are needed. Um, and I don't think a loss to PSG over two legs should be anything near a nail in his coffin, like apparently a few people are saying. Okay, uh, final question just before I let you go. Uh, Andrew, um, Declan Rice, the former Irish international, has now declared for England. Um, as mm-hmm. Andy said before we came on air, that like, there, there is a kind of a dearth of sort of central midfield or central offensive talent uh, in England. So is that a good move for him? Is it a good move for England as well? Yeah, I think so. 
Um, I mean, the days of seeing Eric Dyer in midfield, I hope are, are not <laughs> going to last too much longer. Um, but the thing about Declan Rice is I see a lot of people are uh, quite sensitive about his decision. And quite honestly, I think people need to remember it's a business decision. It's not him saying, I am English, not Irish. He's, he's simply looking at his opportunities. It, it sounds harsh, um, but if he gets into the England team, which he's got a good chance of, he's got a, a better chance of, of, of getting further in an international competition. Well, that's um, true. And, and, and making more money as well, because he will make more money as an English international than an Irish one. So, yeah, you're right. It's a business decision. Of course, it's yeah. sad because it just shows how flawed the system is. He can play all the way up uh, underage for Ireland, captain the Irish underage teams, uh, play senior internationals for Ireland, but because he didn't play a competitive game like a World Cup or European qualifier, it means then that he can choose a different country. But, you know, he was born in England and, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. So, you know, kind of it, it, you know, it balances out. Listen, Andrew, thank you very much. Have a good evening uh, or a good night out there and stay nice and warm. We'll talk to you next week. We'll do. We'll do our best. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Okay. That was Andrew Flint from Ryan Dog Football. You know, I, I do feel a bit annoyed that Declan Rice is, is uh, leaving. We'll speak about it with uh, Paul, Paul Little after the break. But um, what would you, how would you feel if your son, Andy, chose uh, Russia over Scotland or England over over um, I'd, I'd be gutted you be um, gutted but I think it was the manner that it was the whole proud Englishman I think people would understand his choice but you know the, you could have done it a bit more delicately exactly uh, Peter okay if you had to choose um, America over Russia to play Gaelic football for which country who do you play for uh, I don't know no, no, but I definitely would stick with Shamrocks okay good man Alex P uh well, I'm a huge Can- fan Can- of the, Canada over yeah. Russia. I'm a huge fan of the Russian Gaelic football scene, so I'm going to have to stick with Russia for that oh, one. Good man, there we go. Man after your own heart. Well done. Okay, all right, so we're going out to the break. Um, last week we played, of course, Maroon 5, Three Little Birds. This week we played the original, and do you know what? After listening to it this week, I don't know if it's better, but guys, you can you can uh, tell us. So plus 795 Let us know who's more stupid. Is it Paul Pogba or Mario Balotelli? This is Bob Mario the Whalers and Three Little Birds.
Mental Stand Up with Steve Foreman. Ah, here we go. You know, I don't think I have a lot of people that hate me, but I think I have a long list of people who moderately dislike me. <laughs> you can really taste the Soviet Union in a lot of, you know, there's like a, well, you can smell petrol. That's the main thing. That's the main thing you notice, to be honest. And actually, the, the larder doesn't start just by turning the key. Also, I have to sort of go, like, like, there's, like, there's like an element of that. Like, you know. Oh, British we people. We gave you a language. Oh, British people. God's sake, I wish you'd use it. <laughs> Every Thursday at 9pm, Capital Stand Up with Steve Foreman on Capital FM Moscow. Are you serious? <laughs> you got a big one. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Capital. Capital. Capital Sports. With Alan Moore. Okay, folks, welcome back after that. We were discussing who is more stupid. Is it uh, Pogba or Balotelli? I'm, I'm leaning towards Pogba, just in pure of just... just He's an idiot. And uh, game intelligence and the whole lot. Balotelli, you know what you get. He's just a, a fool. But, like, Pogba is in... Stupid, just pure stupid. He has a lot more talent. And, and when I was listening to the commentators last night, I go, oh, Pogba, he's made a break down the line, and this is what he can do. He can turn the whole game. He'll win this on his own for Manchester United. I'm going, going, you're the problem. The commentators are the problem, bigging him up when he's a, a fool. He's like, crap. I did tell you about that, uh, the interview with Mourinho when Balotelli, Balotelli exactly. was... Uh, was... And, folks, you can use this for your voting. Plus 795 Who's more stupid, Pogba or Balotelli? Okay, Andy, continue. Uh, so, Inter Milan, the only striker they had left in their squad, away at Ruben Kazan, and Mourinho said Balotelli got booked just before half-time, and he didn't speak to any of the other players in the dressing room, just Balotelli, and for 15 minutes he said to him, right, no tackles... No shirt pulling. If anyone kicks you, if anyone riles you up, you just walk away. One minute and 20 seconds into the second half, Balotelli gets a second yellow card and Mourinho said all he could do was laugh. Okay, well, I would laugh. Peter, okay, what do you reckon? Pogba, well, a fool or an idiot? I watched like a, a video clip of, uh, like after the game, after the PSG uh, Manchester United game, where like, as you said, people were like justifying his actions. Like, yeah, PSG was like... They were there was so on point. They were like they were guarding him. They were they weren't giving uh, like the options. But yeah, it was, I I won't say he's necessarily stupid, but it was a stupid move. Okay, stupid move, Alex. Uh, I can't disagree with Pete on that one. Like we we've seen it happen in sports, but like yeah, I think it's a, I think it was a foolish thing to do. You okay. could argue that Solskjaer was perhaps to blame for not substituting him yesterday. Could do, but I mean... It, I think I, he was on course and probably should have been sent off before that incident. Exactly. I mean, there was a more horrific one when, uh, who was it, Ashley Young uh, put Di Maria into the hoardings. Into the, yeah. Now, I mean, if that was in American football, if when a guy is over the sideline and you take him out, you continue your tackle, that's a, you know, five, ten-yard penalty. Or um, in rugby. Or in rugby as well. And I mean, it's just pure dangerous because I don't know how more people haven't been injured. See the way it sloped down the side of the pitch in Old Trafford? The Theatre of Dreams? My crap, it's like Theatre of Screams. Okay, <laughs> we're going all the way to the Garden of Ireland, as it's known. Wicklow to the man from... Well, he's look, he's the, he's the voice of European football in the Irish Daily Star. It is Paul Little. Paul, how are you doing over there? I'm good, guys. How are you all? We're, we're doing great. We're having a, a heated discussion here over Paul. But listen, would you... Okay, your opinion. Is he the most stupid person in football or not? I think that... Might be a little bit harsh. Okay. Uh, I, I think I would agree with the point that he did a very stupid thing. Uh, uh, but uh, whether he's the most stupid person in football, I'd say there's probably a lot of competition. <laughs> That's fair enough. Listen, Paul, on last night, um, 
Did it did it warm your heart there up in the mountains to see such a situation with uh, with United getting absolutely spanked? Uh, well, it's a, that's a difficult one. Um, I, I actually have I've kind of uh, maybe not necessarily warmed to United over the years, but I'm not as harsh as I used to be on them. Uh, as a child in Ireland, you probably remember Alan. Oh yeah. Uh, growing up in the seventies or eighties, you were either Liverpool or Man United, uh, and it seemed to matter an awful lot. But uh, I actually probably dislike PSG more if I was just from a personal point of view, um, just because of how they've gotten where they are. I guess. I guess what yeah, the money coming in, they're kind of like the 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 Shamrock Rovers of French football, you know, sort of like lots of money pouring in and so on. Uh, listen, by the way, just before we go into anything else, uh, the League of Ireland, of course, is kicking off. Well, it's already kicked off in the Presidents Cup. Um, Dundalk have won, of course, beat in Cork two one. But there was a bit of an, an odd situation where at the launch of the, pre- the Irish Premier Division, uh, Fan Gavin, the league director, he sort of said that there would be a, a competition between the uh, the Northern Ireland Football League and the, the uh, League of Ireland, which then the Northern Ireland Football Association said, uh, well, we've, we haven't heard about that. Is there any more about that, Paul, or we're still kind of in the dark as why it was announced but then not announced? I think we're still in the dark, Alan. I haven't <laughs> seen anything new on it since. Uh, and it's peculiar. I think what's most peculiar is that they felt that uh, this would be an exciting announcement. I think that's, that's surprised me more because, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a game between the two teams, I'm not sure people are, were looking for that. So I'm not sure why they thought anybody would get excited about it. Okay, well that's, that, that is fair enough. I mean, are you looking forward to uh, a season in the first division with Bray? I mean, because Bray have really strengthened their, 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 they're in a good place right now, aren't they? Well, things, yeah, I think they, they needed to go down. They were clearly out of their depth the last season, largely because they were in, in debt, I suppose. <laughs> and, and, and so they lost a lot of good players through the middle of a season, uh, you know, where they had little choice but to get rid or to move them on. So I think dropping down will get a chance to, to uh, you know, to get their house in order, and hopefully they will. So, And it would be nice to go and actually see a few games they might win. Yeah, that that is true. It'd be great, good season to build themselves up as well, because there's a great like you know um, catchment area there as well. The whole like you know South Dublin and North Wicklow area. Uh, Paul, listen. We, of course, the, the big announcement that came out just uh, before we went on air about an hour and a half ago was Declan Rice declaring for England. Um, what's the reaction so far in Ireland like to that? Uh, it, it's mixed. I think everybody's disappointed. I don't think people are surprised. Uh, I think when he withdrew or decided to, to, to not take up the option to play in the Nations League games, the writing was probably on the wall. It was hard to see how he would probably say, look at the English setup, look at the Irish setup. Uh, if he was clearly uh, unsure, uh, I think it was always going to veer towards England. Um, so I think we'll dis- dis- disappoint that some are angry. I wouldn't be angry as such. I'm more angry that he maybe took so long to make the decision that he had three senior caps. It's not like he was a young player we were looking at who was playing under 21 or had been in a squad but never played. You know, it's a big thing to pull on the church, even if it's a friendly. Uh, and so I was disappointed with that. So it's more the manner of it all rather than his decision as such. Well, that does seem fair enough because, I mean, we, we, we had the story, of course, with Jack Grealish. Um, but again, he had never played senior and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, again, you look where his, his career has been ending up. It 
you know, I don't want to wish bad on Declan Rice, you know, but he is getting himself in with a, a sort of a dodgy lot, like, you know, and yeah, I think playing for Ireland, at least he'd had, you know, I mean, you got Dr. Rob there in the, uh, the English medical setup, but I mean, I mean, I, I guess, you know, you, you don't want to begrudge him to, to do well in his career. That's, that, that's for sure. But sure, you know, well, you know, at least he has a talent to, to have that choice. Listen, um, on to tonight's game, Spurs and Dortmund. That is a huge, huge fixture, especially for Pochettino, because this could make or break a season, couldn't it? Yeah, but they've worked their way back into the, the title race. I know, what, they're four or five points behind, but uh, yeah, they're still in the conversation, as Brendan Rodgers used to say, and at this stage of the season, given that they haven't had the services of Kane or Ali for a number of games, you have to admire their, their perseverance uh, and their durability. And I think that, the, you know, I, I think they see the Champions League as a bonus, really. Um, probably the imperative is to make sure you get back into it each season to build up the club, particularly with the new stadium opening and how, uh, the cost of that, I guess. Uh, so I'm not sure how critical it is that they get through. Uh, I'd say it's more critical that they qualify again. Just a quick one on um, Liverpool, Paul. Do you think, there's obviously been a lot of talk that they've blown up in the last two weeks. Do you believe that? Are they really folding under a bit of pressure in February? Uh, it's difficult to say. I mean, there were there were two draws, not two defeats. Uh, they weren't good performance. But I think we saw a return to form at the weekend. And a lot of that came down to, I think, watching the two previous draws, uh, they were like a midfield runners as much as anything else. And I think uh, the, when Alden playing and his ability to get beyond the ball and being more direct, I mean, against West Ham, uh, Lalana had that role, but he, he he's like a, a dog getting into a basket. Uh, when he gets forward, he gets the ball, then he turns around three times before he settles down. <laughs> uh, whereas when Alden's a lot more direct, and I and I think they need that, uh, and they need people who are prepared to be positive like that. So, and it was also positive to see. Uh, Alexander Arnold back in the squad. I think that gives them a boost. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it just yet. They're going to be under a lot of pressure, uh, and City are very, very good. But we've seen that City can trip up, and I, I, I think there's a few twists and turns yet to come. One thing that's upset me recently: um, the the English media seems to forget that Klopp's actually a title winner, and they keep going on. They, they have they haven't done it in the Premier League. They haven't done this, but they've got Virgil Van Dijk who played at Celtic who was expected to win every week. They've got Klopp, who won the Bundesliga against one of the best Bayern sides of the last sort of five, six years. Do you really buy into the fact that the Premier League is a totally different ball game in terms of winning a title? I don't think so. I think it's probably, it might be more down to how many players you have have the experience of doing it. At the same time, we have to balance that with the hunger. Uh, and it might be a question. It might just come down to who wants it more. I guess at the end of the season, this Liverpool team looks brave to me. Uh, so I wouldn't, you know, dismiss their chances because a lot of them haven't won a title in England. Uh, listen, Paul. Just um, just before we wrap up, just a, a, a quick one. The the game last night um, with the red card and so on for, for for Pogba, but there was a kind of a, a fairly meaty tackle that if it took place, you know, in on a GAA pitch, there'd be a schmozzle, as we would call her, basically a, a fight um, afterwards. Um, should, like, what, was that a dangerous tackle? I mean, should, like, I mean, because the, the the commentators kind of laughed it off when I was watching it. They kind of went, ah, you know, look, he's holding his elbow, he's holding his wrist, his stomach. But it, was it a dangerous tackle from your point of view or was it just kind of part of the run and play? 
Uh, which tackle was this, Alan? Now, you where, the actual uh, incident or the? Yeah, the tackle when Di Maria was when Di Maria was driven off into the into the sideline hoardings. Oh, right, from Ashley Young. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I mean that that's clearly dangerous, really, uh, particularly with the, the camber and the big dip off the whole traffic pitch. It's not as if Young didn't know it was there, and I'd say Di Maria, having played there, knew it was there also. Uh, I'm surprised that he got away with it. To be honest, uh, it was unnecessary and it was probably overly aggressive and. And ultimately, because of where it was, it was dangerous. Okay, that's that's that, that's ridiculous. But one one thing on um, as as Andy mentioned about Klopp, I mean, because he he has been a winner and he's been very very successful because you don't get to finals of you know you know cup competitions so on without being a good coach. Do you think that 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 energy that he's bringing to Liverpool right now that is going to drive them? On, or do you think that maybe in a way that they need someone a little bit calmer to sort of to uh, lead them to to uh, a Premier League title? Well, I think they've, they've got a super opportunity this year, and I, I suppose he has taken off a lot of credit for that. I think what's been playing out. My big concern for them in the last couple of years, in the build-up to this, was that he only had one way of playing, and that was going to burn players out, you know, by March, April. But I think Liverpool have been a bit more measured this season. He's tried to, to play that way, which shows a bit of development on his part. Um, I do think, though, thinking back to his time in Germany, whilst it was a great achievement to win the league, a bit like uh, Dortmund this year, they may win the title because Bayern Munich are, you know, at least partly because Bayern Munich are in a, a transitionary period. Okay, that is fair enough. I mean, I, I remember when the one thing I can say about uh, Jürgen is that he cannot hold his drink. You know, he gets drunk very, very easily. So that's, that's one thing I can definitely testify. Paul, listen, thank you very, very that much. That's a deciding factor. Uh, well, for me, for sure. Listen, uh, I know it's a lot warm with you, Dan, here, but just take it easy and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Thanks, Paul. All right, see you guys. Okay. And that's Paul Little from the uh, Irish Daily Star. And, uh, you know, some good talking points there. So um, just just one thing I'm going to throw across to, to Alex and uh, Peter, because we remember, when, of course, we were bringing back when we played in Veronish. Um, and Peter Peter was oh, like no. battered into a pulp in the in the penalty box. Peter, did you feel that the referee, of course, I was referee, yeah. that I should have given like a, at least a yellow card to one of the players who were on top of you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> okay, I, sh- I should have like basically sin binned all those players who like jumped on you and like, like literally none of the defenders like like they were just standing there and then the ball was like in front of me. I dive in, get it. One player, like I think he like two like two players jump, fucking start wrestling me, and then uh, like you stop the game and everybody was just keep on jumping. Right? <laughs> it's just really weird. They, did they didn't stop jumping on you. It's like a scene from Asterix. I'm, that, that's what I'm picturing as, in as my head. As it sounds, I'm picturing a scene from Deliverance. Yeah, I, I would too. I, I see. I see like a, a toothless boy with a banjo playing there, like you know, and just Peter as, you know. <laughs> it, it happens. It, it, it happens. really, it really is like that sometimes. It was, yeah, it was. I mean, he was squealing. I, I mean, shamrocks do go. Hard. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't twist it. But shamrocks do go play hard. So it's... we do, and we do, and we 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 hang tough. Our, our our girls and our guys. Actually, next week we'll have a huge announcement on behalf of the shamrocks uh, next week because we've something very very big to. Uh, to let everyone know about. Okay, guys, we're going to go into the break in just a moment. So, plus 795-1111053. Who is more sure? You can just take your pick, A or B, because they're both equally dumb. Uh, Paul Pogba 
or Mario Balotelli. Now we're going to play it with a song that we hear all the time in sports. We hear it after goals, usually after goals, after after games, even sometimes as well. And uh, something we'll rock out into the third segment where we'll have a little chat about rugby and see who is leading in our picks of all the Six Nations games in the last two weeks. This is the Seven Nation of White Stripes and Seven Nation Army. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
up? I'm Don Diablo. You're listening to Hexagon Radio in Capital FM, Moscow. Every Friday, 11 p.m. on 105.3. Don Diablo's Hexagon Radio on Capital FM, Moscow. With Alan Moore. Okay, folks, it is part three here on Capital Sports uh, to, on this lovely Wednesday night, the night before Valentine's Day. And of course, uh, Nikki Stay said she's not going to give us any chocolates for Valentine's Day because it's the men have to do that. So, okay, thanks, Nikki. Um, all right, so uh, Akbars have pulled the goal back against this car, Moscow. It is 3 2 now there in Kazan. Ska are 2 0 up against. Uh, Spartak Moscow here in Moscow in the CSKA arena and Dinamo are 4-2 up they were 3-1 the last we checked 4-2 up now in the third period uh, against Jokerit okay so all going well there right Peter wants to talk about Paul Pogba okay speak about Paul Pogba I like I genuinely like, I do not approve of you calling him stupid Mario Bellatelli okay. on the other hand when I was <laughs> let me tell you when I was at 7th like when I was like, I remember his like when I was in seventh grade, everybody was just talking about how wacky his like hairstyles are, and like the manner of speaking is just so weird. And out of like, it's just it looks like he's like from he's like an alien all the time. But I don't know. But Pogba is kind of cool. I don't know. Okay, uh, Alex, you don't agree. I, I strongly disagree with Pete. Okay, I, I think it takes a a certain amount of courage to make that decision to wear that hairstyle and. Uh, if he actually like seen those hairstyles, he would he would like roast them. But like, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, yet again, I disagree. Okay, uh, Andy. Okay, hairstyles the, aside. Yeah, um, hairstyles aside, I think Balintelli's probably ruined. Balintelli, where's he from? Balamori. Balotelli. You said Balintelli. No, I didn't. You did. All right. I'll we'll play that back later on. You hear it. So, yeah, <laughs> Balintelli, hey. <laughs> Get the banjo out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, enough Again. deliverance stories. Okay, we'll leave Sorry, it alone, okay? I mean, he's he played well that day, you know? Um, just based on their careers, I'm going to say Balotelli. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, is probably the most due because he has so much talent and he's wasted it. And, you know, he's out on loan or wherever is now from to, to Marseille from Nice. Yeah. And his, his career is just winding down, really. Whereas Pogba is just World Cup winner last summer. Um, still got so much more, and his agent's obviously better. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Okay, um, before we, we go on, because we'll have to speak about rugby now in the moment, because we have, of course, been keeping score of how our picks are going. So, uh, Nikki Stay, uh, she's doing her Insta story there on herself. Yes, Nikki? No. No? Okay, no. Okay, very defensive, no. Okay, Nikki, just to let you know, you mm-hmm. are in joint fourth place. Mm-hmm. Of course, last. Joint last place, joint fourth place, with Alex B. Alex B., you're in joint fourth place or last place. You're the same, you've got the same uh, success level with picking winners in rugby uh, as Nikki Stay. No, serious. Okay. <laughs> so oh, Nate got serious. I mean, Nick can get away with it because she's like cute and she smiles and goes, I just pick Italy for fun. And then, <laughs> but she has picked Wales to win the championship, same as me. So, Nikki, we are on track for that. Don't worry about that. that we, the Wales will so win. So, I have chances to go up in the table? Probably not, but <laughs> let's, just, let's just make believe. It's a nice time. Is it? You know, okay, you won't buy us chocolates or flowers, but still, we'll, we'll, we'll play along. Okay, because in the first weeks, of course, uh, Alex, have you got a report on last weekend's Six Nations action? Um, 
No, okay. <laughs> Someone didn't do his homework. Opinion. I have my opinion. Uh, no. Okay, well, last opinion. week, of course, we had Ireland winning. They beat Scotland. Uh, we had Wales beating Italy fairly badly. And we had England. The, you know, I mean, it was just like, it was just like a, a, a chemistry test between England and France. There were two huge big lumps of men and England absolutely annihilated France didn't they? it was just it wasn't even funny it was ominous um, really from start to finish I think it's now the, the last five uh, test rugby matches England have scored within the first three minutes um, and from that moment on um, yeah France just didn't look like they had a clue or a hope um, interestingly um, England kicked uh, sorry uh, 15% of their possession which is 5% higher than any other team. So, tactically, I think they got it spot on. And this is why I'm going to say rugby isn't dead. Okay. It's, it's reforming itself tactically. Not many teams... Um, so, the England fly half kicked almost 600 metres in that game, which was more than double any other kicker in the Six Nations this weekend. And, clearly, that was because they saw France's pack heavy, probably not as mobile... And although they had less possession for large parts of it, they really ran the show and made it look like it was easy. Um, and obviously kicking for touch, lineouts this weekend um, had 45% of tries coming from lineouts. Stockdale's for, for Ireland yeah, and Scotland yeah. being yeah, one, of the, one of the nicest ones in terms of uh, uh, straight off the training ground. So Ireland, I mean, they, you know, they, they, they won fairly well in the end. It was a pretty you know, poor game, 22-13 up in Murrayfield in Edinburgh. Uh, Wales winning in the Stadio Olimpico in Rome, 26-15. So not as easy as you would have thought, but I don't know. I, I do think rugby as, as a sport like, is, is dying with the size of players because I, I, I think it's, it's turning rugby unions becoming rugby league. It's just like bash and crash. It's a, it was called a collision sport. You know, it, as yeah. as now it, it was, it used to be a contact sport, an impact sport. Now it's collision. So it's like cars collide. You know, planets collide. But rugby players, protons, neutrons. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, Wales rotated what about ten of their starting uh, fifteen True. this week. So clearly, as a collision sport, they they understand that it's going to have an impact on their key players, and they left them out. They almost paid the price against Italy. Yeah, I think it was uh, it went level just after half time. True. Um, but yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good game. Of course, England winning 44-8. So their chariot is flying quite high. Um, Owen Farrell, of course, excellent. And, I mean, the muscles that on that guy are just unbelievable for number 10. Like, I mean, it, just, it is unbelievable Like how he can get so big and be so mobile at the same time. I think there's a wee man crush coming on here for Valentine's Day. Uh, well, no, it's not that. And, of course, he could play for Ireland as well. His dad coaches Ireland. So his dad, Andy, coaches Ireland, and he could have played for yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there we go. Um, I mean, look, okay, now, running through our results, of course, because in week one, just so everyone knows, uh, Peter, he picked France, Scotland and Ireland to win, only Scotland won. Alex picked Wales, Italy and Ireland to win, and only Wales won. <laughs> He's smacking his head off the uh, microphone right now as I speak. Nicky Stay picked Wales, Italy and Ireland, of course, only Wales won. Andy picked France... He's giggling away. Picked France, Scotland and Ireland. Only Scotland won. I picked... Contesting that one. Contesting. That was week one. Week oh, one, sorry. Andy. Week one. Don't contest yet. You lost, fair and square. <laughs> um, and, of course, I picked Wales a draw in the other two games. And I only got Wales correct. But I did say that I couldn't see Ireland beating England. Okay, week two. Okay, so we're all kind of levelly... We're equally terrible on one apiece. Week two, Peter. He, he got on top. And did well, unlike in Veronish. He uh, he picked he picked. You could Ireland. say he delivered. Uh, 
Yeah, he delivered. It was a deliverance for Peter. Yeah, yeah. Delivered for once. He picked Ireland, Italy, and England. I don't know why he picked Italy because he would have ruined. I mean, wh- why did you pick Italy last week? I mean, I don't understand it. Uh, I don't remember. He was hopping <laughs> on the Italy bandwagon that we have here. Ah, uh, yeah, he's trying to like impress Nicky, going, "Yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll back you, Nicky. Don't worry, Italy, Italy will win." So he picked Ireland, Italy, and England. Of course, Ireland and England both won. Good pick on England, by the way. Um, Alex, you picked. Oh my God, you picked Scotland, Wales. Okay, Wales won, and France. Okay, so Scotland. Okay, you said you're going to back Andy, so there you go. Um, Nikki, she picked Ireland. Good, Nikki. Was nice to you. Yeah, I know. You said that. Like you said, you were just being nice to me for a change. Italy. Okay, well, no more said. And Fra- have you been to France? Yes. There we go. She. Why do you? Oh, that. Okay, explain to our listeners why you picked. Uh, the countries that I picked. Yeah. I picked the countries that I like and I've been to, and one was to be nice to you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you. And also, as, as I said, like, you know, I said, do you pick more time picking your uh, nail polish? And I said, yes. So how long do you, you take to choose nail polish? On, on average? It depends. Maybe 15 minutes. What process do you use? <laughs> what do you mean? There's not a process. I mean, you've got black, uh, just listeners, just so you, you can visualize, she has these lovely, lovely black, is it black? Black? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow, not Halloween. Yes. Okay, all right. So okay. I wasn't thinking <laughs> properly. <laughs> okay. Um, so what do you do? Tell us your process of when you're going to choose a nail polish. What, what, how, how does it take place? Don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to go into depths of um, nail polish choosing. It's capital sports after all, not a beauty. It is a sport because our, our listeners are thinking like, what, she just like close her eyes and points to it? No, they don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And Andy, now Andy's contending this. He thinks he got it perfect, but he didn't. Uh, Andy <laughs> picked Ireland, Wales, and France. Ireland, Wales, and France. And of course, France. Lost. I'll buy you a box of chocolates if I've got it wrong. Thank you very much. Okay, <laughs> if you got it wrong, I'll. Oh, so you're at number one? I'll forest gump you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better than deliverance. All right. Um, and I picked Scotland because I thought Ireland would have another bad week. Scotland, Wales, and England. So. Top of the table, Peter, you got three wins out of six. So you're 500. Um, Andy, you're 500 as well, so you're three wins out of six. I'm three wins out of six. And Alex and Nikki are taking <laughs> taking up the... Re- taking up... They're in... They're last. They're last. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. even speak. How, how, much, how much do we have out of six? One. Oh. No, 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 two. two. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not like... It's not like... Yeah, it's only your, like... That's like 33% free throw shooting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like a Shaq. No, Shaq was like way lower. That's like, was he? Yeah, he was I think like, so. 30, no. 33 is bad. 33, actually, no. 33 is okay. No, that's not bad. That's like when you point at the sky, you still get one third right. 33 like one out of three free throws you hit. So that's not bad. <laughs> Shaq was like one out of ten. I think we're going to go for some mathematics lessons. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, I think we got to, uh, I think we got to move on from this. Okay, so basically, <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it was quite, it was quite a good one that, um, uh, you know, that, you know, it, it, it just showed, it, for me, it showed last week just the, the, the power, the absolute power of the teams, especially England. England was just absolutely phenomenal. Okay, right. Um, tonight, of course, kicking off at 11 o'clock. Uh, Ajax Amsterdam and Real Madrid, Spurs and Borussia Dortmund. Andy, what do you reckon? Real Madrid, you know, they've had a, a sort of a, not a great season, but they, they're way better than Ajax, aren't they? And they've just hit a, a bit of a, a peak patch of about five, six games now um, and did okay, obviously, other than the 
CSKA disaster in the first game where they played a, a reserve side and got punished for it. Um, but beating Atletico Madrid 3-1, Ajax have had a bit of a strange spell at the moment um, in in the, their domestic league over in the Netherlands. So I, I think Real Madrid should really get it. But Okay, and Spurs? Spurs and Dortmund's a difficult one because both are missing key players. I think the key players that Spurs are missing, um, they don't really have any sort of replacements for the likes of Deli Alli or, or, or Harry Kane. If they could move Ericsson a bit more further forward or central, Lamella hasn't had a great season. Uh, but Marco Royce is the big one out for me for Dortmund who could have been a, a, a game changer. Yeah, very good player. Okay, just in the French League, Ligue 1, uh, Saint-Etienne are leading 2-0 against Strasbourg, so it's a, a decent one. So Saint-Etienne, one of the famous clubs, of course, in, in France, and a very you know, decent band as well, actually, Saint-Etienne. Okay, um, Peter, you have the rundown for this weekend's English Premier League, so Andy will give us our tips for so far away. Peter, we're ready for you. Hi, give me one second. Get up, get up, pull them up. You've got... Yeah, I heard that as well in for all. Stop, stop, Okay, while he is pulling, pulling things, things up, up uh, please stop. His <laughs> socks, his socks. He's I, pulling I, his socks from his up. It I, is. I'm, I'm ready to fire away. By the way. Okay, fire. I. Right, so Friday we have Cardiff uh, versus Watford at 10:45. Uh, uh, then we have West Ham and Fulham also at 10:45. Then on Saturday we have Burnley versus Spurs at 3:30. Then we have Bournemouth, Bournemouth uh, versus Wolves at 6. Newcastle, Huddersfield also at 6. And uh, Leicester and Crystal Palace at 8.30. Okay, Andy, far away. Um, I'll focus on the games that are happening this weekend, which is the <laughs> FA Cup. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah we're, talking, we're waiting for you. I think you're still, you're still traumatized from Verona. <laughs> Okay, am, so on Friday, which you're right on Friday evening, Watford, Watford, you're right, I almost said Watford, Watford are playing, they're playing QPR in London in the FA Cup, 10.45 kickoff, Andy, um, I mean, that's, that's a tricky one for Watford, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, they, they've had a little bit of a blip recently, and QPR will be, you know, fancying themselves for a little bit of, it's, it's not really a, a, a massive disaster for Watford, I think, they, I think they'll be focusing on making sure they get whatever bonus prize money they will get from the Premier League but yeah QPR will be out for a little bit of Premier League blood okay and then on on Saturday uh, Brighton against Derby AFC Wimbledon against Millwall and Newport County against Manchester City of course Newport County who many many moons ago in a different kind of guise different team when they won the Welsh Cup they went on and uh, had a good run in the European Cup Winners' Cup uh, that's Man City's all the way isn't it that's not even going to go back to a replay yeah I think even if Man City rotate all 11 players you'd still fancy although Newport have done fantastically well um, to get as far as they have um, yeah Man City will be too good OK on Sunday Bristol City Wolves Doncaster Rovers Crystal Palace Swansea City against Brentford um, Bristol City will be fancying their chances against Wolves won't they? I think so um, they've been brilliant at home recently the, the only home win yesterday in the championship uh, Wolves perhaps not great away had a few little blips struggled against Newcastle periods got a very late goal so yeah Bristol City have got a decent chance and the Doncaster game as well they should be they should be yeah. doing well okay alright so uh, okay Peter has finally he has on Monday Monday the big big game of the round yeah so we have Chelsea versus Manchester United at 10.30 and then uh, okay so that that's, uh, that's that's a big one isn't it Chelsea and Manu 
massive now for for, for both managers. Obviously, Sari's. Um, um, I don't know if you can really believe what the Daily Mail says about his um, um, criticisms, shall I put it, of uh, Marcus Alonso's performance. Yeah, you he should find himself another job, and football's not his thing. Uh, but yeah, it's now now become a big one for Solskjaer. Does he rotate? Does he focus on the Premier League and finishing top four? Um, yeah, absolutely huge game for for many reasons, and both will now want to perhaps try and get a, a cup in the bag to save their season. Okay, so uh, we we had an alternative like uh, sort of answer that it's not um, Pogba or Balotelli; it's Ribery, Frank Ribery, the French international. So uh, I think we have to give Adrian that, won't we? Frank Ribery, yeah. Um, if he could explain why, I, then, he, he um, won't explain why. He won't explain why. It's a bit too dangerous. So okay, all right. So we're going. So Adrian, you have won that answer. Okay, you've both won the prize of uh, fifteen hundred rubles vouchers to Kedushes and Mokovaya for food and drink at your pleasure. Okay, we are going off into the good night. So Nikki, stay. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you have a lovely Valentine's Day tomorrow. Get lots I of chocolates will. and flowers. Thanks. You too. Okay. I, I'm, I'm being very sarcastic enough. Right? So I am going to get lots of chocolates and flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was terrible. I'm sorry, Nikki. Okay, okay. Oh God. All right. All right. All right. I'm just gonna finish it up for you. It's okay. Go, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hold on. Peter, thank you very much. Good show. Sorry for the screw up. Always okay. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Have thank a good you. evening. Thank you. Okay. So it is simplify. Young the Giants. Okay, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great, happy Valentine's Day. Tomorrow we'll talk to you in one week's time. Bye bye. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Everything I say only seems to complicate it. Every little fight is just another night wasted. Are we gonna lose? Is it gonna last? Worry about the future, worry about the past Think we're gonna break before I get a chance to say this Dressing over that we're falling Like the whole world is banging on the door calling Are we gonna lose? Is it gonna last? Worry about the future, worry about the past Filter out the noise, focus on my voice and falling Falling